Hello and welcome to the Nova Scotia SPCA podcast. I am your host today, Sarah, and I am the Director of External Relations. And do you see that in the background? It's the new year. We are slowly moving into 2024. And if you don't have your New Year's resolutions, it's a no judgment zone here that we have. But it's time to start thinking. And one of the things we've been talking about here at the Nova Scotia SPCA is pet New Year's resolutions. So again, not trying to put guilt on you. If you haven't done your own resolutions, now I want you to think about your pet resolutions. Today's guest on the podcast, I think is going to help you at least find one resolution. So I would like to say welcome to Dr. Mike West to our podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad that uh, you feel that way. Uh, this is one of our first podcasts that we're doing here. Uh, so, Dr. West, I think let's just get out of the way so that nobody has to spend the episode not listening to our topic. Where are you from? Where's the accent from? Okay. I'm, I was born in, in the UK in a, in a uh, city in the southeast called Norwich, and I was there until I was around about 12. And then I came to Canada and I promptly lost my accent. But then between 1995 and 2003, my wife and I moved there and lived and worked there and regained my accent. And there's a little bit of it left now. What was uh, lost was found. It was found, but it's it's tapering off now. So. That's, I'm sure our listeners are going to love to hear it, though. So thank you for that. So let's, Mike, uh, or Dr. West, sorry, can I call you Mike? You can call me, absolutely. We're, oh we're colleagues and our offices are close yeah. to each other, so sometimes I call you Dr. West and sometimes I call you Mike. Um, Mike, can you, instead of me reading your bio, can you just introduce to our listeners yourself? Okay. Well, I'm from a, I guess, from a veterinary perspective, because that's what we're here for, um, in... Um, 1994, I graduated from the Atlantic Veterinary College. To, to get into the vet college, I spent a rather slow route. I did four years, uh, did four-year degree at Dal and then a year at the Agricultural College, or what was then the Agricultural College. Then I went to vet school in 1989 and graduated in 94. Since that time, I've worked both in Canada and, and in England, as I mentioned. So eight years in England, the rest of the time here I have I've worked in private practice in Halifax uh, for a long time and then I worked at the Atlantic Vet College for four and a half years that was a great and interesting experience and now I'm delighted to be here working at the SPCA so at the SPCA though let's you are very busy very busy veterinarian you wear a couple of hats that is right yes I um I do clinical work with the with the SPCA hospital. I also am lucky to go out and do things like the uh, spaying and neutering cats on the trap, neuter and release. I have done a little bit of work over at the shelter, but I'm also preparing a curriculum and a variety of other things for the um, SPCA college for the veterinary technicians program. We have a veterinary assistance program that's already up and running and turning out amazing veterinary assistants. But in uh, September of 94, we will be starting to turn out veterinary technicians. And so I'm, that's a big part of my responsibility. In, in 2024, because we're not going to take a DeLorean to 94. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, 94. <laughs> 
That's okay. It's because I was talking about 94 and fondly looking back on the... The 90s. On the, that's right. Fortunately, I still have the hair that I had in the 90s, mostly. So. And the shoes are coming back for me, so I'm good. So... You're very busy, so mm-hmm. maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is to slow down a little bit. But we want to talk pet. I want to talk pet resolutions a little mm-hmm. bit uh, because February is National Pet Dental Health Month, right? And that so is correct. You yes. you yeah. like pet dent dental? Yes, I I have. I would say for twenty years I've been seriously engaged in doing um, dentistry on cats and dogs. When I um, I feel like my uh, skills really developed to a a, a really good level uh, when I returned to Canada in 2003. And since that time, I've been uh, putting a fairly large number of hours in looking after cats and dogs' teeth. And is it as simple or, you know, to me as a dog owner, is it as simple as, hey, just brush your dog's teeth? Is it once a month? Is it once a week? Is it every day? Like, start us off with what is the first thing you tell patients, clients about their animal's teeth? Well, the where it all starts, if you want it, if you want things to go well, it all has to start in those early puppy and kitten visits because if that's where we you would kind of build the base for a lifetime of good dental health care if once an animal gets older as they as they age just like us their teeth deteriorate and and the structures that hold the teeth in place and so if we wait too long to start looking after our pet's teeth then the the result is if we if we try to start brushing their teeth at say year and a half two years of age there will already be some dental disease established there so there's a risk that you would start brushing those teeth with that abrasive toothbrush and it would actually be uncomfortable for the pet so really important to start early and that's that's why I do my best to discuss among a multitude of things in puppy and kitten visits really talk about um, de- prevent the lifetime of preventative dental care to pet owners so. so when let's start with the kitten and the puppy age is there a special toothbrush uh, toothpaste I mean I don't think they can rinse and spit out some mouthwash but what should we be purchasing well the the toothpaste toothpaste we can't use the human toothpaste because they contain fluoride and of course our pets as soon as we put anything in their mouths they swallow it so we have to avoid that but there are there are a multitude of um, pet toothpaste out there. So flavored things like chicken or beef or malt. There are even mint flavored. Some dogs like mint. My dog will eat anything, so he would, any flavor of toothpaste he would enjoy. So, and uh, and then there are toothbrushes that sizes, size, the size of toothbrush has to match up to the size of the pet. So if you have like a chihuahua, for example, you don't want a toothbrush with a really big um, head on it. Also, it's hard to describe because we're this is a this is a verbal thing. But um, with pet toothbrushes, the handle is offset from the brush, and and the reason for that is so that 
us as owners don't have to stick our hands in our pet's mouth while we're while we're brushing their teeth. So our toothbrushes are straight, but pet's toothbrushes the angle is the the head itself is at an angle to avoid us having to put our hands too far in their mouths. So when and and when we're at the dentist, I know for myself personally, uh, they're constantly talking about a routine for flossing. Like, oh, when you're watching your reality shows, you should be flossing. And for my dog, I try to brush her teeth when I'm when other people are brushing their teeth. And you got to really make sure that your toothpaste tube looks different because you don't want that turkey, uh, that fresh turkey feeling in your mouth. Uh, what kind of routine, <laughs> like, where should we be brushing? Does it matter where we are brushing our animals' teeth to make them more comfortable? Is it, you know, outside, inside? Oh, I see. In terms of which parts of the teeth will you brush, I think if you brush whatever you can get to, and you and one, you hope you can get to all of the teeth, the especially with dogs. I mean, cats are a whole other kettle of fish because of behavioral things. And, and I will chat a little bit about how we introduce the idea of toothbrushing, because it's not just a matter of grab the toothbrush, grab the toothpaste <laughs> and get in there, because that's, that's not always going to end well. So, um, but brushing, especially dogs, and in particular small breed dogs, there are teeth that, that you just will not see and you can't get at. And so you brush, if you are brushing effectively, what I tell my clients is that that toothbrush is going to be, it's going to be way back in the back of the cheeks. And in fact, if you're brushing effectively, once you've done it for a while and you've become expert, you're actually the head of the toothbrush, you won't be able to see it, and you'll just be brushing by feel. Right. So if you're, if they're gagging on it, you're going too far, but, um, but the, the the teeth at the back on the top and the bottom you can't see them so you have to really get quite a long way in there and that's just something that that with time you would develop and of course our veterinary technicians veterinary assistants and veterinarians if you go to the vet they can really provide you with advice regarding how to do it how to do it properly and how to get far enough back that you're at least getting as many teeth as is possible to get. And so what would a, like a good routine to get into? Is it every day? Ultimately, I, I mean, personally, I find doing something every day makes it much easier. Um, that's just me. But I think you don't want to do it any less than every 48 hours. Oh, wow. The reason for that is that that the kind of fuzz that we get on our teeth called plaque after 48 hours, that starts to mineralize with calcium and it starts to stick to the teeth. And once that's happened, it's really hard to get it off with a brush. And so that's, hence, that's the reason for the more, um, the doing it pretty frequently as well. So yeah, unfortunately, it's as I know, because I'm the, the toothbrusher in our household, it's a bit of a treadmill, kind of like a lot of things in life. Wow, I would love to know if somebody is doing it at least once every 48 hours. you got to let us know if that's what you're doing. So one of the things that you touched on that uh, has stuck with me and I need to know the answer mm -hmm. uh, is because I see, obviously working at the SPCA, I see times that the cats do not want to do what 
our animal care attendants want them to do. And I know listeners are going to be like, I can't even get a cat into our care. Mm -hmm. How? How, Dr. West? What are some tips that you can give people for brushing cats' teeth? First up, there are some cats that you're just never going to get to brush their teeth. That's reality. I myself own a cat called Spitty, or that's a shortened version of her name, which is Miss Amelia Spitfire. And uh, that's her, her full name. And Spitty will not let me brush her teeth. So, and that's okay. That's just the way the cookie crumbles with some of those cats. But with, um, with some cats, as the, the real secret to successful brushing is the flavor of the toothpaste. If the cat will, if the cat likes the flavor of the toothpaste and is reasonably accommodating, then it should be possible to brush their teeth because it's it's that flavor that you use to train them to accept the toothbrush. So okay. it's and that, and it, it it works the same with with dogs as well, and um, and essentially it's a matter of. On the start of the process, there's lots of good information regarding how to get your pet into toothbrushing. But what it all starts with is getting them used to the flavor of the toothpaste. So if they, if they, you might have to work through some of the flavors and find one that they like. But if they like it, essentially a toothbrushing regime just starts with offering the toothpaste on your finger. Right. And each day at the same time of day at the time of day when you actually want them that's when you want to brush their teeth that's how you build so, the routine yeah you, so you start the process once they're really enthusiastically accepting the toothpaste and that might take a week or so and you like i say you may have to juggle around some flavors then you start putting the toothpaste on the end of the toothbrush and you basically, again, continue with that process. They're going to be a little, some, some cats and dogs are going to be a little nervous about the fact that there's a new factor into, into the equation. But most of them, if they liked it in the first place, they're going to like it on the toothbrush. Once they start taking it off the toothbrush enthusiastically, you, I can't stress enough, you don't want to rush this process, then then you can start just gently brushing the very front teeth with them. Just just getting them used to the, the idea that something abrasive is going to be in their mouth. Mm -hmm. And you just progress really slowly from there to the point of brushing all the teeth with the kind of end point. If, if, the, if you reach a point where they start pulling back, you just go back to the previous step. Gotcha. Say, okay, they, they're not taking this step. Let's just go back to the previous step and take a bit, little bit longer about it. But it's amazing what animals can be taught to accept having their teeth brushed. So our colleague, Dr. Uh, Mike Akerley, mm -hmm. uh, did a segment about pet resolutions. And one of the things he said is, you know, maybe we should give our pets less treats this year. And I'm just thinking in my head how many people are going to be like, oh, good doggo, you, you, you did great with your toothbrushing, here's a treat. Is well, that counter? I think, I think if you get the flavor of the toothpaste right, that's the treat. Oh, good Because they are eating it. Right. And, um, and they like it. I mean, to use my dog as an example, he's not a great example because he will eat anything. So he just thinks having his teeth brushed is absolutely the pinnacle 
of his day. He will wait for me when I come home from work, kind of staring up, waiting for me to get the toothbrush out because he loves the flavor. And, and the first thing he does, does is he kind of, I give, offer him a little bit of the paste on the toothpaste and <laughs> hope you can hear that. And he will lick the toothpaste off the brush and then I'll get into his mouth. Now, a lot of clients say, but oh, the dog just eats all the toothpaste. Don't like that's no good at all, but it doesn't really matter because 90% of the benefits you get from toothbrushing are from the brush. Okay. The toothpaste, especially in dogs, is really just to um, is just to uh, uh, ensure that they like the taste of it. And um, all right, we're going to take a break. Uh, because I want to go into older dogs and okay. there's a segment that we do on the podcast and it is called fetch Okay. and this is our rapid fire. I'm going to throw you this dog ball and ask you a question and you rapidly got to answer and then throw okay. it back. Hey, are you okay. ready? Uh, I, uh, well, as ready as I'll ever be. I will throw gently. Who was your first pet? Uh, Lucy dog. Um, my my parents' dog. And do which animal do you think, if they could talk, would be the nicest? Uh, I I'm guessing dogs. Having owned a few cranky cats, though I know a lot of nice cats too, so I don't want to offend cats either. If animals could talk, who would be the rudest? Uh, Spitty. <laughs> and the last one is who is your hero? Ah. Uh. That's a really good question, but I really needed it. <laughs> Quick fire, here I am. I'm buying time for myself. Um, from a veterinary perspective, I think my hero is Etienne Cote, who is one of the clinicians at the vet school in PI. He's a cardiologist. He's a board certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist. So he's double board. It's a double specialized and he's just a really good, great speaker and a good servant to our profession. And he, he, ooh, he kindly, that's the ball squeaking. He very kindly, I ask him a lot of questions and, and about the vet tech course. And he very kindly answers all of those questions. So, Well, thank you for playing fetch with me. You are welcome. That was fun. <laughs> so now if we have an older animal... Um, what would be signs of uh, dental or disease that we should be looking for that we should reach out to our veterinary hospital? Yeah, the I mean, the really obvious ones are if there's an odor coming from the mouth um, beyond what you're used to. And if you look, look inside the mouth and you see brown material on the teeth, or if you see redness of the gums. Um, other more drastic things would be if the pet is having difficulty picking things up or chewing things, or if they're dropping things. I think a really important part of the message with dental diseases, any of those things that I just described are signs of relatively advanced dental disease. So the, the real, the nasty thing about dental disease is that most of its symptoms are hidden until it's a really advanced problem. And so if we are, if we are waiting 
to see if our pet needs dental care based on those parameters, then by the time we do something, it's going to be too late and there will almost certainly be extractions. It will, it will no longer be a preventative procedure. It will be a treatment of disease procedure, which, which ultimately that would be, I mean, the, the, um, I guess the holy grail of veterinary dentistry is if, if we were able to provide preventative care to, you know, all of the cats and dogs and other animals that need dental care out there as opposed to treatment. Because in, in many cases, the approach to dentistry now is we wait for a problem and then we treat it. Mm -hmm. And when, when we approach it like that, that's when animals potentially have protracted discomfort infection as a result of their dental disease so i would much rather take a preventative approach but it's a it's an approach that is not super palatable to a lot of pet owners because it would insurance does insurance cover something like depends that depends on the insurance company dentistry because because dentistry dental problems unless regular preventative care is done, done are inevitable and insurance companies do not like getting into the business of paying for the inevitable. So they pay for you know, things that might be unexpected, but they don't like paying for, for the inevitable because it gets extremely expensive because every pet is going to need dental care. Now there are some insurance companies that will provide some money towards dental care every year and it's important to you know take a look at the policies and ask questions about that um i myself have some insurance it does provide a a chunk of money each year for me to do a dental procedure on my pets um but it is subject to deductibles so if all i do through the course of the year is a dentistry then that pays my pays the deductible. So I don't get anything back from it, but I'm just happy to know. And the reason it's done that way is because that company recognizes the importance of regular professional dental care. And that, so that's why they refill that pot of money every year, because they think you should be doing a dental procedure on your pet every year, if you can. And ultimately that, that that's part of that holy grail that, mm -hmm. that I was talking about, that is there, would I would love to be attainable, but it's a it's a difficult thing to put into practice. So. Can our pet's mouth tell us about other issues that they're having? Like when you are examining an animal, does their mouth tell a story that helps find something else out? Yeah, it's it certainly does. When we're looking in the mouth, we look at the gums. There's a variety of diseases that would manifest in changes of color in the gums. So for example, if an animal has less blood than they should do, then their gums would look pale. We do see some animals that develop diseases that cause jaundice. So a yellowing of the skin and gums. So that can be, especially where the skin is covered in fur, a real obvious place to look for that can be in, in the mouth and the gums will look a kind of really dramatic yellow color in some cases. Um, and there are some, um, for example, advanced kidney disease in cats can manifest as 
has ulcers and dental disease as well. So, so, but if, if, if a person notices anything that looks untoward in the mouth, certainly a, um, a good place to, to uh, that would be a good prompt to go to the vet and get it checked out. So, so Dr. Dr. West, as we wrap up uh, and people are starting to think a little bit more about their pet's teeth, I know I am, uh, where is there a spot that you suggest people go to read more? Is there resources that, or, you know, ask your veterinarian next time that you're there? I think certainly a great place is to, is to, uh, talking to the veterinarian about dentistry is, that's a good place to start. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> there, there are some, there's, um, there's a very good website that lists all of the kind of, dental preventative care products, things like treats and diets, all the ones that actually have some scientific evidence behind their, um, their efficacy, and that's called the VOHC, the Veterinary Oral Health Council. Um, and um, there are also the um, American Animal Hospital Association website, they have guidelines. Now, it, it's mainly directed towards veterinarians, but there are parts of their website that will provide um, kind of recommendations in terms of, in terms of what to do regarding dentistry. So, so yeah, there are, there are a lot of good websites, but going to the veterinarian just to kind of help direct you towards, because I'm sure there are ones out there that perhaps don't have the greatest advice as well. So. Yes, be careful of yes, Dr. Google even like, for your like, pets. Yes, like anything, just, you know, <laughs> be careful with that information. So not, not all of it is has been scientifically proven. So, Well, Dr. West, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. And I'm not so sure all the kittens at home have appreciated their owners hearing this and probably some of the puppies. So hopefully you find that toothpaste that they like and that you start uh, the new year off on the right tooth. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. I recommend the shrimp toothpaste for cats. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>